October 11th, homecoming week for our Red Raiders coming home to face a Kansas State Wildcat team um, to kind of just continue to build momentum. We've been talking about it in other podcasts of building and stacking success. And the next opponent on the Red Raider schedule is this Saturday at home to the Kansas State Wildcats. Uh, We're going to kind of preview this game, um, talk a little bit of last year's game, talk about what we're seeing on our offense and defensive side of the ball that we could do differently from last year to be successful, come out with another Big 12 victory this Saturday. I am joined with Jack this evening, and we're going to just kind of jump into everything for you guys. So um, starting off, Jack, we'll go ahead and start off on the defensive side, just because this is going to be a huge point of emphasis just based on how last year's game went. Obviously, they're two big guns. You are gone from Kansas State. You lose an Adrian Martinez, and you lose a all-world all player in Deuce Vaughn. Both of those guys gashed us up for about 350 yards last year. Kansas State doesn't quite have exactly that, or they don't even have anything remotely close to that. Let's just call it for what it is. What is the game plan for the Texas Tech Red Raiders on the defensive side um, to slow down the rushing attack? Because it seems like the, the Wildcats are going to live and die by that run. They don't seem to be passing the ball much. They do whenever they need to, but they they live and die on the run. What does Texas Tech need to do moving forward to continue the success on defense this Saturday? I think they need to disguise their blitzes really well, and I think they need to stay aggressive within uh, the first 15 yards from the line of scrimmage. Uh, Kansas State doesn't like to throw the ball over 15 yards with Will Howard. It's just apparent uh, from watching the game against Oklahoma State last week and pretty much just watching a little bit of uh, film here and there from their games prior to that. Uh, they have a good receiver in uh, in Phillip Brooks, and they have a great tight end in Ben Sinot. Um, other than that, they're pretty bleak. Uh, to be quite honest, when it comes to uh, their receiving options. They like to utilize uh, get-ins out of the backfield uh, when it comes to passing. I, I kind of almost I, – I wouldn't compare them to a Taj Brooks in terms of stature, but in kind of the way they use them in the offense uh, in terms of they like to run him out of the backfield a lot and, and throw it within the first – as like a last-ditch safety valve. Um, essentially for me, if I were Tim DeRuiter this week, I'd be focused on the line of scrimmage and the next 10 yards. Um, just strictly because that's where this team lives and dies. Like you mentioned, they don't seem to throw the ball a whole lot. They definitely don't throw the ball over 15 yards. And most of the yardage that their receivers and tight end get are yards after the catch. They're five to 10 yard routes and then there's no one around. And so they run for another 10 to 15 boom. There's one catch for 20 yards. I think that we set up really well against an offense like this. I, I, I want to say that our, I would describe our linebackers as rangy. 
and quick. So they can cover sideline to sideline. So they shouldn't have a problem uh, hanging with Sinot and Giddens coming out of the backfield. And our defensive back, our our defensive backs are more than capable of hanging with Phillip Brooks. I don't believe that this team should have any issues with this Kansas State offense. If Oklahoma State can hold them to 21 points, I'm extremely... uh, What's the word I'm looking for? I'm just... I think they can do it. I, I Like I said, I, I think that uh, if Oklahoma State can hold them, then I'm pretty positive Tech can do the same thing. My outlook is positive, I should say. And so to answer your question, again, just to, wrap, just to bring it back, um, if I'm tender rooter, I'm focusing on the line of scrimmage and I'm focused on the next 10 yards. And... If Tech controls that 10 yards of the field uh, during this game, then I would be shocked to see this team lose. Yeah, I uh, I agree with you there. There's just schematically wise, this kind of seems on paper, a simple scheme to, you know, disrupt the Kansas State offense. It seems like a majority of their of their offense is coming through um, those two guys, or at least mainly Will Howard and DJ Giddens. Uh, matter of fact, if it wasn't for DJ Giddens, I don't think they win that Central Florida game. But just to put into perspective what kind of games and what kind of um, what kind of stats or what what he brings to a game, just let me just read off what his stats were on the uh, September twenty third game against Central Florida. He had 30 carries for 207 yards. That's over almost six, six and a half per carry. And then, and he had four touchdowns. He also had eight receptions for 86 yards. That's, that's absurd. At any level, those kinds of numbers are absurd. So he can hurt you. I think this is the guy that, like I said, you need to focus your and game plan around Brooks is a great player. So not as great player, not taking anything away from those guys, but I think DJ Giddens is going to be that first person you have to, to eliminate from their offense, getting into the backfield, making tackles, getting to Will Howard, making him uncomfortable. And then just basically wrapping up Giddens whenever he touches a ball, because he is a player that could potentially hurt you. Yes, he had a huge game against Central Florida. He did have some off games as well um, that weren't anywhere close to those statistics. But I mean, especially even to opponents that were a little bit down, like Troy at home when they won and they curb stomped Troy, he only had 12 carries for 52 yards. I mean, just a pretty modest day against a, a, a inferior opponent. So, I mean, those things could, you know, we need to be disruptive as far as whenever we get to him. When he's ever, whenever we see number 31 out on the field, we need to essentially key on him. I believe DeRuiter's going to game plan to your point as well. I do believe that we have the um, the uh, running or the linebacking core to, to stick around with him that are sideline to sideline between Ben Roberts, between Josiah Pierre, 
um, Dingle, whenever he's out there, all of those linebackers could kind of fly sideline to sideline. And what we've been doing the last couple of games on the defensive side, we've been staying in our lanes. We've been disruptive. And a lot of that you would like to see continue. You know, the the pressure from um, Linton off the edge, the pressure from up the middle and the the chase down and, you know, following the play, making plays, you know, across the line, you know, the Duda Banks, the Hutchings, the Bradfords, you know, those guys that are just all motor guys that don't stop until that whistle blows. I think it, a lot of that is going to be keen for us to be successful on Saturday. Is it very, is it very possible we could do so? Yes, it is very possible. This team is playing with a lot of confidence. They believe in each other. And the last two games defensively, I guess, from the end, the half, the the final two quarters of the Houston game, all the way into all of the 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 most recent game against Baylor, this team is this defensive squad is playing confident right now. So as long as that continues and as long as we focus our attention to number 31 in the backfield or wherever he lines up, um, I think if we hold him in check. I don't think Will Howard has enough in his tool bag to beat us by himself. They don't have the receivers. We have a a well-experienced secondary who, like I said, they just don't have the weapons like they have in the past. That necessarily hasn't stopped them, but they don't have that. They don't have that Deuce Vaughn kind of player anymore. You know, one of those guys who could just make plays once the ball's in his hands. It's just it's not to that impact. So I believe DeRuiter is going to have the guys amped up for this one. I believe the scheme that he comes up with is going to be great. And we'll kind of just see how it plays out from there. But I do believe that the, our defense has what it takes to stop this offense. To your point as well, you know, with Oklahoma State pretty much, you know, having their way with them. So we'll just kind of just leave that one where that's at. I do believe, like I said, our defense has been collectively taking strides to better themselves and they are getting healthier as well, which is, you know, more bodies to have coming in and out, keeping our other guys fresh, things like that. When you have guys that are fresh out there, you know what the deal is. Our offense, we'll kind of touch on it here in a second, but you know, our offense being more run heavy right now gives our guys a chance. Those longer drives gives our defense to get a blow there and so they stay fresh for a majority of the game. So, well, like I said, we'll just kind of see what, what happens there. But I am excited to see what DeRuiter has um, planned for this game on Saturday. Um, but, yeah, Jack, let's go ahead and jump over into the offensive side of the ball. Texas Tech has an identity. It's running the ball. Run first, run first, run first. And I think we're all happy with that. We're we're slowly getting our tight ends. Um more integrated into the game. Barron's health is getting a little bit better as the weeks and weeks progress. What do you see us doing on Saturday evening to further progress to, you know, maybe not even just our offense. I mean, Kitley in general, because it it all comes from him. Um, Since I don't think Barron has the keys to the car just yet. What do you see Kitley doing specifically you think he stays on track where we're at as far as the running identity? Do you see some other hiccups in there that 
potentially could change how we see this offense this week? Or do you think, like I said, that Kitley's just going to run with what he has going with him right now? I think this week we see a lot of play action. Um, Kansas State is not bad at stopping the run. We know this. Um, we talked about this before. What, what's the guy, whatever the guy's name is from Troy, uh, best, best running back in the country. Uh, Kansas State held him to under 100 yards. So if you're a Tech fan, I wouldn't expect another 170-yard uh, performance for Taj Brooks this week necessarily. Now, if he comes out and shocks the world and runs all over this defense, then we're talking this is definitely a run-first team. You know, We're talking 65 35% uh, when it comes to run-pass splits. But I think that you see Zach Kitley kind of lean on the play action this week, and you lean on the tight ends, like you mentioned. As I just said, the Kansas State defense is not bad at stopping the run. They have a very good rush defense. So I think you bait them into, you know, kind of loading that box and let the kid th- let the kid sling it a little bit. I'm not really impressed with their DBs necessarily so i think you could give him a little more freedom maybe you do give like i don't know what would be the equivalent like giving your kid the spare key to to the car maybe just like the key fob so it uh, can only open up like the trunk and you can only unlock it and go sit in it but uh there's there's some um cars out there where they have a um I didn't mean to cut you off, but a performance key, and then they just have a key that runs the car regular. I think that's kind of what you're alluding to. Yeah, or just something like you you give them like the old key fob, but you don't give them the key to the actual ignition, right? Like you can just give them the key fob so that the little battery thing opens the doors and they can go sit in it. But um, yeah, that that's that's where I'm headed with it. So I think I think you let the kids sling it a little more this week. And I think that you really utilize that 10 to 15 yard range kind of like they do. Uh, Looking back at some of the things that that Oklahoma State did against them that worked, they had over six guys that were averaging 10 yards a catch or more. And so you utilize that 10 to 15 yard range or even 15 to 20 yard range Uh, probably that intermediate space in between their linebackers and their DBs. I think there's a lot of, a lot of room there to be had. And I don't mean any disrespect by saying this by any means whatsoever, but if Alan Bowman can tear up your defense, Baron Morton is more than capable of tearing up the defense. So I'm really looking forward to see what Zach Kelly has drawn up for this weekend. Do not take this in any way as I want to see less carries of Taj Brooks. I would still love it if Taj Brooks got 30 carries. Um, and I will probably tweet on Saturday or Friday night that today will be a great day for Taj Brooks to get 30 carries. And I will still stand by that. And I hope he gets 30 carries for the rest of the time that he's at Texas Tech in every single game. But I would look for a little more play action, maybe sprinkled in a little more. So I think this is a game where because of the rush defense that Tech's going up against, uh, 
this is going to kind of be an intricate game plan. And I think this is really going to test Zach Kitley. And I think this is going to be one of the more difficult games that he has to game plan for possibly all year. Uh, most definitely thinking of thinking through to the schedule for the rest of the year. Honestly, probably the toughest game he has to game plan for possibly until Texas at the end of the year. So I think that there's definitely, there's definitely room for growth and there's definitely opportunities to have a hell of a game. There's a, there's opportunities for guys just to absolutely go off. I think that they just have to be put in those those situations, those correct situations for that to happen. And I think that with with Baron Morton running the offense, like I just and I just don't see a situation where Alan Bowman can tear up a defense and Baron Morton can't do the exact same thing. I just don't see it. But um and again, no disrespect to Alan Bowman, but that's just the way I see things. And so I'd look for tech to rely on the play action, but also utilize that 10 to 15 to 20 yard area down the field, uh, possibly over the tops of the linebackers underneath the safeties and the DBs and just kind of see, I would, I would live right there personally. That's just me, but uh, that's where I would kind of live. And, force those DBs to come down hard and make those plays and then hit that play action and let the kid, let the kids spin it, let them throw it 35, 40 yards down the field. See what happens. I mean, we're at home and Kansas state hasn't played well on the road at all this year. So I think there's definitely opportunities to be at. Yeah. Oh, and two, anytime that they've left Manhattan, they've come back with an L and I would really love for the, for them to continue that trend. Um, speaking on kind of the offensive side, let's just kind of touch base with what happened last year um, as far as, you know, offensive statistics and things like that. Um, collectively, as a as rushing for the team, there was 34 carries for 114 yards. Um, tw- between 28 of those 34 carries came between Taj and Donovan. Taj, 10 for 39. Donovan, 18 for 20. And Sir Roderick had six carries in there for 55, you know, 34 carries for 114 yards. And then Donovan went off as if I told you his stat line, just the the attempts and then the yards, it would be really hard. It'd be really hard pressed for us to think that Tech actually lost this game last year. Donovan Smith, 34 for 48 for 360, two touchdowns but he also had two interceptions, which were ultimate um, backbreakers. And I believe he was sacked like five or six times. You know, our offensive line just was was pathetic in this particular game. But, I mean, even even though all of these things were happening, Texas Tech was still in that ball game. You know, if anybody watched that football game last year, um, kind of came down. Um, Tech ultimately lost the game there by nine points. Um, there was a missed field goal in there by Trey Wolf. You know, things like that. I mean, I just don't see this offense sputtering like it did last year. Our offensive line is starting to click. They're starting to gel. They're starting to do that. Taj is just – Taj is Taj. There's just – 
there's kind of no, I, I guess, you know, he's having one of those, those seasons. Like I, I would say Deandre had that one year, not quite as much as many yards as him, but just that impactful to a game itself. And I don't think that that train stops. I think, you know, you're on to something every time. I just don't stop tweeting. It's a good day for Taj to have 30 carries because that's probably that. I don't know. That's just I love seeing that tweet. I I follow that. I always like it. It's just one of those things when he has the ball in his hands, something special happens. Yes, there's a time or two where he does get caught behind the line of scrimmage they do bring them down there was the fumble you know things like that that usually doesn't happen to Taj but hey you know he's just not an immortal kind of player just yet but I mean he's a damn good running back top five in the nation in rushing and I believe that that trend carries on I would I would say at least 20 um and then uh sprinkle in some Valdez in there and then we'll kind of see what happens from there but this Troy was able to run the ball on Kansas state. They just weren't able to get the ball in the end zone. They have the nation's leading back there. He touched it 17 times for 84 yards, which isn't necessarily a terrible stat line. He just never got into the end zone, but I do believe that obviously we're better than Troy. And if their guy could get 84 yards, our guy could get a buck 20. Is that going to happen? Who knows? But I, I think it does. Like I said, this offensive line is gelling. They believe they have an identity, and Taj is just, like I said, being Taj. Which, in point, opens up to different things on the offense, like your play action. We started to see a little bit of it in Baylor, where they would sell out the run and then Morton will pull back and then he'd have an open wide receiver. I see those plays continuing to happen. I see some plays downfield happening a little bit more as Baron's shoulder gets, you know, more and more healthy. I think that's just going to open up our offense a little bit more. Hey, a Dre McCray shot downfield wouldn't be bad or, you know, getting Bradley involved in this game as well wouldn't be a bad thing. You know, I, Koi Eakin could potentially go off. Um, Mason Tharp, I believe, may be coming back this game. Baylor's been playing well. You know, our tight ends, our tight end group is starting to see the ball a little bit more. I just, I think on paper and what we've put been putting out product-wise, it's just something that you could kind of hold your head up on without, you know, so much head scratching with some of the play calling prior to earlier in the season and things like that. You know, some of those plays do happen. I get it, but it hasn't been happening to the same kind of lull to just shut down a drive or, you know, this, that, or the other. We're sticking with the run and we're being successful. So I believe Kitley's just going to stick to that, to that game plan itself and then start sprinkling in those RPOs, those play actions, you know, to try and see if we could get something open up in on downfield on the seam or on some go route, something, you know, just something to, you know, just add a new wrinkle to our, our newly identified offense, you know, and that's just going to keep defenses guessing as the season continues and progresses. But 
I do like our I do like the matchup of our offensive line against their defensive line. They're top 15 in the nation in stopping the run. So this will be Texas Tech's first true, true test of a run defense that's, you know, a power five run defense that could stop the run and has been, you know, fairly well at it. And that's just historically. That's just what Kansas State, those hard-nosed guys over there, this is what they do, win in the trenches. And that's why they've been so good over the last few years because they've made it an emphasis to win on the in the trenches, offensive and defensively side of the ball. But I do like Tech's chances here. I do like the matchup of their rush defense versus our rush offense. I believe that we're going to take the same strides and yet have another building block going on to the games after this game. So that's going to kind of just touch on, that was the touch on the offense. We've done defensive side of the ball. Jack, let's start talking about players to watch. Last week for the Baylor game, it was Ben Roberts, right, on your defensive side of player to watch there? Oh, yeah, that's correct. So are we sticking with Mr. Roberts, or is there another guy on the defensive side of the ball that you're looking at this game to being an impactful, impactful player? Brother, I, I live a life by a few mottos, and one of them that I live by is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And uh, I truly think Ben Roberts – is a big player to watch in this one as well. I think that they're going to stick him on Sinot quite a bit. Uh, but I also think that they can, that he's athletic enough to cover get-ins out of the backfield on some of those more short to intermediate routes. I think that the linebackers have been just huge uh, so far, and, and especially in these last couple of games for Tech, just getting them right on defense and... Um, and don't get don't get us wrong here, right? Baylor's not good. I mean, let's just be frank with it. Baylor's not, not, not one, not one no, bit. Nope, they're not good. And um, also, well, again, let's just be frank. Houston's not very good either. But no, but sometimes you need those couple of games like that to get you pointed back on the right track. These next two games for Tech, I think, are truly the biggest two games of the year. There is not, in my mind, a bigger two-game stretch right now than these next two games. You need to take care of business at home against Kansas State, who does not play well on the road. And then you're going to have to go into a hellish environment in Provo, where those people, for some reason, it gets dark outside and these people go batshit crazy. And it's one of the toughest environments to play it in college football. And you're going to have to go in there and win in that environment. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it, but right now, I think that this linebacking group is again, the most essential to our success this week. I think they're going to try to utilize Sinot a lot, mainly because our DBs and corners are good enough to cover Phillip Brooks. 
So I think that the linebackers are key, not just in covering Sinot and covering Giddens coming out of the backfield, stopping that run, but also the big part of this game that, you know, we, we kind of failed to mention a little bit so far, not really failed to mention, but haven't really, you know, delved into is the scramble capability of Will Howard. Uh, this is the same. Don't make no mistake, folks. This is the same Kansas State offense that's been ran ever since Colin Klein was a starting quarterback in Manhattan. It has not changed, and it seems like the people they're recruiting and or by the people they're recruiting, it's not going to change anytime soon. Uh, they have taller, stouter, thicker quarterbacks that can throw it, kind of, but they can run it, and they're powerful. So this offense hasn't changed in a long time. Um, this is not a year that they've decided to all of a sudden change it up. And they, shit, to be honest, they really didn't change it up that much even with Deuce Vaughn. I think that in my mind, personally, as an outsider looking at it, they could have given Deuce Vaughn at least five more carries a game. And it would have benefited them so much more. But hindsight's always twenty twenty. I think that the linebackers are going to be the biggest key for this game. And so far, Ben Roberts has been that X factor. And so, uh, like I said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I'm going to stick with him. Which is, which isn't a bad deal. I mean, he's, he's been playing. I mean, hell it, it would be hard pressed not to say that at, the mid season point that he's probably your defensive player of the year right now on that defense. I mean, that's, I mean, I, I think I'm, I think I'm fair to say that, you know, making that statement, I mean, it's not like a bold or it's not a hot take, but I mean, as if you're looking at it like a, you know, apple to apple with any other defender on our defense, he's the one who's been consistently getting better week after week. You know, we've had flashes of Linton. We've had flashes of, Miles Cole, we've had flashes of Josiah Pierre, but if you're looking at it from a consistent standpoint, Ben Roberts, I truly believe at this point of the year, halfway through the season, that he is your defensive MVP for this for the for the Texas Tech football team. Some people may agree, some people may not agree, but I mean that's how I truly feel about Ben Roberts. He's just like I said, he's he's not relinquishing that position. When Jacob Rodriguez does come back, you know, hopefully in the next week or two, or even for that BYU game, you know, it's just going to solidify that linebacking group. And it's just that much more stronger at this point in time on our defense. And what we thought was potentially our weakest spot on defense is going to probably be one of the stronger suits for the remainder of the year and for the years coming. So um, on the defensive side, I'm, I may be eating some crow here, um, but I want to see it back to back and I'm calling for it because, and these are tough, tough shoes to fill, which everybody knew, but Tyree had a hell of a game against Kansas state last year. It's time for Linton to stack his success, build off of what he did at Baylor this last Saturday. I'm going all in, all chips in with Steve Linton 
to have continued success rushing off the edge to be disruptive to get will howard off of his spot and yes will howard can hurt you with your feet but as long as we stay in our in our lanes i don't think he's going to have the same kind of running lanes that adrian martinez had last year you know i don't think it's going to be one of those kinds of games he is one of those players that can hurt you that way if you allow it and tech at times has been susceptible to those runs from those quarterbacks when the it would be essentially like a um, coverage sack kind of situation we allow the quarterback to get out of the pocket scramble for the first down those plays have happened all year long they haven't progressively happened more and more since the year since the the season's gone on they do happen but just quite not in the same amounts of bunches so I do believe that we're taking the strive forward there to stopping those things. And then a lot of that has to come from our linebacker group, which to my point, you know, Ben Roberts is, has been playing to your point. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Let's just keep riding the kid out. And he just, like I said, he steps up every single time, but my player to watch is going to be Steve Linton going back to back games with at least I'm, I'm calling for at least a sack and a half. That's my prediction. Steve Lynn, a sack and a half. Mark it down, folks. If I'm wrong, I'll eat crow on Twitter. I'll eat crow on a pod. You tell me where you want me to eat crow and I'll eat it. But I'm going all in with Steve Linton to have a, a second consecutive impact game and thus building more confidence for that young man moving forward in that the rest of the stretch of the Big 12 schedule there. And that's where I'm going to go with. I'm going Steve Linton. Jack is going you know, Ben Roberts, if it's not broke, don't fix it. I'm with you there. So I'm just going to go ahead and say for the remainder of the year, as long as, you know, I'm not even going to put that out there. Just Ben Roberts is a stud. Everybody remember the name. If you don't already remember it, Ben Roberts is a player to watch for right now and the rest of the, the coming years for Texas tech football. So jumping back over to the offensive side of the ball there, Jack, who, Maybe the same kind of mantra, if, you know, if it's the same on the defense, it's same on the offensive side. If it's don't, if it's not broke, don't fix it kind of deal. Are we still riding with Taj there? You got somebody else special. I am going to change this one this week. And for me, it's actually not going to be a player. I think that this game lives and dies with Zach Kitley. Uh, as I mentioned, and I will reiterate here, I think that this is going to be the toughest game that he's had to game plan for all season and possibly will be until, uh, until Texas. So I think that you need to see, you need to use Taj on the ground. Um, and I would still like to see 30 carries, but I think that you need to utilize the play action really well. And I think you need to utilize the tight ends in that 10 to 15 to 20 yard you know, space. I think that you really need to make their linebackers run around because I, I, I know that this defense likes to stop the run. So I think you need to make their linebackers really, you know, kind of either commit to the run and be and beat them with the pass or just wear them the fuck out, running them from sideline to sideline with intermediate balls. Um, I think Barron should be more than comfortable with throwing that stuff and – I don't see why you you don't take advantage of your tight ends 
with this type of with this type of game plan. So um, this one's there for the taking. It's it's really not a difficult ski. It's not really a difficult game to scheme up. Uh, but uh, we'll see what happens. And I, I but I it's not really a player to watch. I know we're kind of we're kind of putting an asterisk on this one. Uh, but I, I think that this this game lives and dies with Zach Kitley. I could agree with you there. You know, a lot of it is, like I said, ever since, you know, game, let's just say game, I don't know, the second half of Wyoming until, you know, the end of the game against West Virginia. His His play calling has been under the biggest of microscopes, right? That's fair to say that. He's had that spotlight on him for all the wrong reasons up until the Houston game to where everything kind of started, you know, drifting more inside the rushing attack that this Texas Tech offense presents. So I could I could totally agree there that, you know, he he's he's going to have that the rest of the year. He's going to have that. And now is it getting better? Yes, it's getting better. I think collectively as as all. Red Raider Nation, any Texas Tech football fan has kind of see the the writing on the wall and how that ship is kind of slowly turning in the right direction. Yes, obviously there's still some questionable play calling in there, but I mean, you tell me a game where there's not a at least one or two questionable play calling at any level of football. Those things kind of happen. And previously those things were happening on a a very, very large scale with Zach Kitley. I, I see that that has changed since then. So, like I said, if you're just your average football fan, average person just watching Texas Tech, I mean, if y'all watched him play every game this year, you you could see that that ship is turning in the right direction and we have have that identity there and he's kind of embraced that. Yes, there's still some head scratchers in there, but collectively at least for the last two games for sure that we've kind of everything goes through Taj you know that's could be because of Baron's health that could be because that's just our identity whatever the circumstance may be in that situation we've embraced the run he's embraced the run and we're we've been run first I agree with you there my my guys to watch um is I'm going back to the same guys that I went to last week whenever we played Baylor. This game's going to be one in the trenches there. Our offensive line, Barron had a clean pocket 90% of the time. Tosh had a career game against Baylor. Yes, Baylor is down this year, but it is what it is. You do those kinds of deals. You stack success. You build confidence, and you just move forward. Yes, this is going to be the biggest test this year for this Texas Tech offensive line. Um, aside from probably Texas there towards the end of the year, as far as just defensive fronts that could just cause major problems. I think this is this is another one of those building blocks to continue success for Taj Brooks and the Texas Tech running game there. I believe that our, our guys up front, I think we do get Cole Spencer back this game. If not, I don't exactly know the starting five up there but I do believe that the cohesiveness the gel everything all of that is starting to come into full swing they are they are happy and run blocking they are doing what they need to do they are getting a push 
Sometimes Taj isn't getting touched until two or three yards down the deal. And then him falling forward is giving us another two yards. I mean, these these guys are moving bodies, and that's what you want them to do. And then whenever we open up into the passing deal, Morton has time to stand up back there, make the correct read, make the right throw. And as we've been saying um, in previous podcasts and other things out there, that his health is slowly getting better. So we do expect, or I would expect, to see see that playbook getting opened up a little bit more on the meaty and the meaty what is that um i guess the 10 to 20 yardish range and then potentially some somewhere deeper than that you know taking shots because i mean this defense did give up over 300 passing yards to donovan smith last year no disrespect to donovan smith i do believe Barron's the better quarterback but we do need our wide receivers to step up in this game as well to give him, you know, options to throw it to um, by by make, giving themselves some separation. But I do believe it all starts up front with our offensive line. As long as, and this is just, you know, the fundamentals of the game. Don't, you know, be disciplined because th- these are the, the kinds of defensive lines that give you issues because, you know, they bring in a certain amount of rush and now, you're getting off the line a little too early, you know, fall start, holdings, things like that. This is where it has to be clean for these guys. So I believe if they keep it clean and they win in the trenches, I believe this Texas Tech offense could put up the points, enough points in this game to come out with a victory here. And like I said, and continued success, build on what's going on with our offense and we'll go from there. I like I said, I just I think I think they've built enough success over the last couple of games and confidence that you know that goes a long way, you know, and this is gonna be its first true test. It's a blackout in Lubbock, it's a night game in Lubbock, you know, things weird happen in Lubbock. Kansas State hasn't particularly played great on the road this year. Matter of fact, they're 0 2, like I said earlier. Like all the this is for tech for the taking, like you said. You just have to go out and get it. It's not going to be given to you, but the grapes are there for the picking. You know, you just go, just go get them. That's that's it. Just go out and and get this win. Go win in the trenches. Go show the brand. I I don't think we've seen quite sixty minutes of us, but we're progressively getting to that point to where we're at a 60 minutes of us. Now, I don't, I haven't, I haven't heard Joey say it yet to say, Hey, that was a complete game. Me personally, I don't believe we've played a complete game on both sides of the ball for any game this year. So, but I do think that we have been building enough of building enough success on both sides of the ball to where we're getting closer and closer to that 60 minutes of us. So that's just kind of, what I think Jack gave you his thoughts, you know, with going with Kitley. Jack, before we round off this episode tonight, we'll go into a game prediction on how you see this one playing out on the scoreboard. And the floor is yours, sir. You know, I'm optimistic about this one. I think that if, 
you know, so selfishly, right. We could sit here, you know, if these guys are listening to us and taking our advice, then we should win this game by 35 points. Um, but I think that realistically tech wins this by two scores. Uh, I, I'll go ahead and say, I'll go ahead and say 35 to 24 tech. I could, I could see that 35 to 24. I'm a little bit less on my prediction as far as what Kansas state is going to put on the board. I just feel that all the momentum that we have on our defensive side of the ball, all of the recent success that we've had over the last six quarters for our defense, I believe that they're just getting better. I mean, they are, I mean, it's, it proved it. They're taking care of business. Um, minus that first half of the Houston game, which, you know, those things like that kind of happen. Um, but I, I think that our defense is riding high right now and they're staying humble about it. I think that this, there's potentially some bulletin board material here in this game as well given how many rushing yards this defense gave up last year to this Kansas state team. And that's just added fuel to the fire of what these guys got burning inside of them. Um, your leading tacklers, a majority of those guys or all the, the top four leading tacklers in the game last year are not even with tech anymore. Um, Tyree's gone. Kosey's gone. Krishan's gone. And then um, Reggie Pearson, I believe was the other guy that had the top four, four tackles in that game, you know, and I, I, I think this, this defense is just hungry. They're just hungry to prove the naysayers wrong. They're hungry to prove themselves to, to prove themselves that this is what they can be. And we saw flashes of it against Baylor, you know, the defense that was so highly talked about in the off season of generating a pass rush, making tackles, you know, this, that, and the other, you know, we finally got to see it on the field. And it was great. I mean, that's just a breath of fresh air for you as as a fan. Like, oh, hell yeah, this is what they were talking about. Oh, hell yeah, that's what, is, what it's like to see. Let's, let's see some more. And speaking for myself, I know I want to see some more of that. I've been wanting to see that all year. Everybody's been wanting to see that all year. So I think, like I said, they're, they're riding a high right now. And I don't think there's anything stopping this train right now or in the foreseeable future. You know, I can be wrong, but I just, like I said, DeRuiter's been, his game plans have been the adjustments of the second half from Houston and then to the entire game against Baylor have been great. And I see continued success there. I'm giving the score of 35 to 17 Texas Tech. Um, I just don't think Kansas State has enough this year to compete with us, not in Lubbock, not on a Saturday night, not on homecoming. I just think there's just so much going on for Tech here. And it's going to be it's going to be loud. It's going to be rowdy. And I think that Tech just just pulls away. And it's just one of those deals they get some garbage points there late in the game to make it to that 17 point mark. But I think tech's going to win this game 35 to 17. 
I got I got one more question for you before before we wrap this up. Go ahead. Buddy. Um, we've heard the rumors, and we know that it's a very high possibility that Patrick Mahomes is going to be at this game. Uh, we've also heard the rumors that the invite has been extended for Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Do you think that there's going to be a T Swift sighting at the Jones on Saturday? I have to ask because we got to include it. I, I'm personally, I'm, I have, I have a pretty strong opinion on T Swift. Uh, really not that big of a fan, but um, I guess the music's all right. I, I really haven't listened to any of her stuff for like the last like five years, so. Uh, that's just me personally, but you think we get a T Swift siding at the Jones this weekend? You know, there was a lot of there's a lot of speculation out there for a number of reasons, right? You know, Kansas City's playing tomorrow night, you know, frees up the weekend for Patrick. Um, and yes, I think, you know, if there is a a new brand deal, let's just kind of put those chips in with this whole T Swift thing, right? Um, you know, about the whole license or not the license, the, the apparel deal and how Adidas has already made a pitch and made a number or, or made a offer. And we're just waiting for Under Armour to make a qualifying offer or they have a chance to either top that offer or, you know, make a different offer, whatever the case may be. But it's been said or it's been rumored that that's why Patrick's coming. Now, if we get a twofer with Taylor Swift, I, I'm not going to say I love her music because, I mean, I'm not going to lie to our listeners. That's just not me. But I do respect her hustle, what she does. I mean, her tours and her money and her songs, you know, if that's if that's your cup of tea, that's your cup of tea. More power to you. But Lubbock would be essentially set on fire. You know how many people would be around the Jones if they found out that she was in the building? Like, I have no way of knowing how they're exiting, you know, to be completely honest, other than just staying in a suite the entire time, letting everything die out and then just bouncing. But that's just kind of not her vibe, I don't think. You know, she loves her fans. She embraces her fans from what I've seen. But Lubbock would be set on fire. This would be this. I don't know what other major games are out there um, playing this Saturday as far as what's going on in the SEC or what's going on in the pack. But I would expect our, our views that particular game to go through the roof if there was a T-Swift sighting. I don't hate it. I don't love it. But, you know. If it brings more eyes to Texas Tech, I'm all for it. And if that's what she has to do, if she happens to come down to good old Lubbock, Texas, we'll welcome her. You know, it's it's one of those things. Like I said, the more eyes you bring to Texas Tech, the better, you know, I, and I'm all for it. You know, anything that helps our university out, I'm all for it. I know as a graduate yourself, you're anything – Anything, any good pub is good pub and the kind of publicity and the kind of fan engagement that she has and her following um, the Swifties, I think, is what they're called. Yeah, I, I'm fine with it. Just like I said, as long as it's bringing the right attention to Texas Tech University. No, nah, I agree. One hundred percent. Let's wrap this thing up. All righty, man. 
Now, I wasn't expecting that question, Jack, and you kind of caught me off guard. I'm going to have to talk to my wife about that, get her thoughts on it, and see if I answered correctly or if I if I did enough because she'll listen to this podcast. So, but that's kind of going to wrap up our Kansas State preview and Taylor Swift prediction of potentially being in Lubbock, Texas. Who knows? Keep Keep your eye out on Twitter, you know, photos, leaked photos, you know. Whatever, whatever you want to do. If she's here, it's great. Like I said, anything to help our brand and to help the university, I'm all for. And let's see if we can get the get it done. Make it three straight Big 12 wins in a row with stacked success and continue continue this trend of of being more and more the brand. You know, I just, like I said, this is just another building block. Good, bad, or the other, you got to take away something good from it. You don't want to regress as you've progressed the last two games. And I think this is what, this is what we need. You know, obviously our season didn't start off exactly how we wanted it to, but guess what? We're here now. The Big 12 is open for business. There's going to be a one-loss team in the Big 12 championship. That's just how it is. Oklahoma could lose to Kansas. That's not going to be a gimme gimme game for the Sooners there. They are good, but guess what? They're playing in Lawrence. Who knows what could happen there? So this is all still a wide open race in the Big 12. Let's go. I'm all for it. Let's just keep this ship going in the right direction. Let's get this win on homecoming on Saturday and continue this momentum going into BYU next, next week. And then we'll go from there. But from from Jack and Joe, we are signing off for the evening. Have a great rest of your week. Look forward to seeing you guys on Saturday and wreck them.